Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people... It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app, by searching FSR. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Boom, what up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. Now I'm not yelling at you. I'm just testing out the voice. That's all. It's been bad the past couple of days. Somehow, through a head cold, he hath returned. I like hath. He's like hath. It's not like hoth. Um, happy Cinco de Mayo to you. Uh, happy Cinco de Mayo to you and, uh, welcome in. Hope you're doing great. Uh, also guardians of the galaxy is out. Is that today? I think it's out today. I'm, I'm super excited. Now two movies I need to see in the theaters. We're broadcasting live from the tire studios, tire rack.com. We'll help you get there. Unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, over 10,000 recommended installers, tire the way tire buying should be. Um, I do want to get to the warriors, winning the game and the overreaction to every game. But the news of yesterday, uh, we'll talk about, I think, some in the podcast. And we'll talk about top of next hour. Mike Budenholzer was fired right after the show yesterday. 
Uh, I do want to get Dan Byer's opinion. And the reason is, one, I respect it. Two, Bucks fan. Um, but I, I just, I, I want to say this. This is a really, really, really good moment. Okay, so yesterday, um, I'll let you in a little bit. My son had a workout. Darren Collison, a former NBA point guard, uh, lives uh, sort of in my area, whatever. And he is a renowned trainer. And he has a, um, he has, there's a, a place that, I don't know if you guys know about the underwear, the clothing company Ethica. Anyway, he has a place there where he works anywhere from kids to college to NBA players out. Right? And my, my son was lucky enough. I was to I'd get him in, get him on the schedule and get a workout. And so I was talking with DC for a little bit. And I said, like, do you see the bud got fired? He's like, no way. That's terrible. You know, like Giannis didn't play two and a half of the games. And we had just been talking about how, like, man, how do you not put Giannis on Jimmy Butler? And Giannis was just trying to do what the coaches want. And the coaches didn't make adjustments. And then he gets fired. Um, and he's like, and his brother just died? Like, that's awful. I, I, I want everybody to understand. Okay. Sports doesn't care. It just doesn't. Right? Sports isn't about fair, unfair. It's about, there's only one. Okay, only one unforgivable sin in sports, losing, losing. So look, I'll get to in a second, the, the Warriors game. I, I just give you my thoughts. Okay. Different ownership group than hires you. Everyone knows when a new group comes in, they want to do their own thing. And if we're fair, again, listen to some of these podcasts, Kyrie Irving's even said, and I agree with him. The Nets were very likely to come out of the East and probably going to win the championship going back. Was that two years ago when they crushed the bucks? Kyrie gets hurt. KD somehow miraculously gets it to game seven, has his foot on the line. Otherwise it doesn't go to overtime. They win it. And remember the bucks advanced out of that series. If Kyrie didn't get hurt, the nets win that series. They're better. Additionally, they played the Suns in the finals. The Suns were losing in that series until Anthony Davis got hurt against the Lakers. Remember, remember, was it was it LeBron or was it Anthony Davis is backing down the Suns and all the Lakers were were making fun of the Suns, right? And then all of a sudden, Anthony Davis got hurt and the Suns became kind of the talk of the town. Okay, the Nuggets didn't have uh, Jamal Murray. Okay, the Warriors weren't healthy. The West wasn't the 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 Clippers. That was the year that I believe uh, Kawhi Leonard tore his ACL, right? Had a partial tear of the ACL. All these things happened, and that allowed the Suns to advance to the finals. They weren't really the best team in the West, regardless of what their record was. Remember, the Lakers wanted to play them. The Bucks, regardless of record, they weren't going to win the East. The Nets were going to win the East. So I actually looked at that as the outlier. The rest of the playoffs, the argument against Bud going back to Atlanta, going to Milwaukee was he's one of those, we do what we do and you make others adjust. And he's a very slow, if ever, to adjust in game. Last year, they didn't have Chris Middleton. They just won a championship. You're not going to fire him. This year, you listen to Giannis and he was disappointed that they didn't make adjustments i.e. he didn't guard Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler goes crazy the last two games, and despite the fact he didn't play two and a half of the games, they fired 
Mike Budenholzer. It's terrible. Bud is a good dude. Nobody has a bad word to say about him, but he's not an adjuster, and you have to adjust in the playoffs. Look at the Warriors. They look like a completely different team last night from what they look like in game one. Uh, Dan Byer was the firing justified from a Bucks fan and noted sports radio talk show host perspective. Yes, I do believe it was. I agree. I agree. There's a lot at stake, um, and there's there's a lot at play, and you can take the outcomes, but you also actually have to look to the future in terms of there is no time to waste. Um, there's a real possibility, Doug, that uh, the post Giannis stature of this team, status of this team, mm-hmm. could be similar to the post-Tim Duncan, post-Kawhi Leonard, San Antonio Spurs. And Mike Budenholzer, by the way, is a former Spurs guy. Sure. Right? There's, a lot, there's some similarities there. And, and you don't know how long Giannis has two more years on his contract uh, before the ability to opt out. So you have to make the most of this two years. And that is one of the main reasons why I think that you have to um, you have to pull out all the stops. And there wasn't enough there to keep Mike Budenholzer despite the injury in the playoffs. Um, yeah, there just there wasn't. This move had to be made. And 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 I feel terrible. Terrible, but his brother died, right? It's 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 just awful timing. Yeah, it's why I think it actually took them a while. I don't think that they wanted to do it immediately because his brother passed away around Game Four. I think immediately, like he was in a in an accident, um, either prior to or just after Game Four. Right, and and like I'm sorry, it's it's unfair. Like they they probably come out of the series if Giannis isn't hurt and and doesn't miss two and a half games. Correct. But that is the other question: is if the Bucks, let's say Giannis miraculously comes back. They win the series. Uh, remember, they blew leads uh, twice in Game Four and Game Five. Um, meltdowns in those games. Correct. So people can look at the big and, picture. I mean, Giannis missed thirteen free throws, and they had all those turnovers in Game Five. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes, but the the other part of it is is if they would survive, if they held on and won. Yep. Were they playing at a championship level, or were they? I mean, they had the best record, so yeah, they were in contention. But the team that played in the first round of the Heat, I don't know. They wouldn't beat Boston. I'll tell you that much. No. And so, no. yeah, there's there's a lot to point to. And I think people love to do this of, of why a guy should have stayed and should go. But it's almost of what's ahead for them. Like, you couldn't keep him another year. Giannis has one year. Then you don't know who to bring in. And now you've got almost, you know, a weird lame duck situation. Because I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that Giannis leaves Milwaukee after this contract. He's given the city and the franchise absolutely everything. He's the greatest buck ever. Um, And for as loyal as he has been in his comments, it is human nature to look around and be like, hey, maybe, not that I want to team up with someone else, but maybe what is it like on that side of things? Right. I want to try something different. Yes. You're allowed to try something different. Yep. You, you You are allowed, you know? And I think that that's it's the reality to it. And I also think you know new ownership group, and they're going to try and you know change some things up. And, and and this is what happens. This show is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection one place. Bundle and save. Progressive.com. Okay, we take that and we look at last night. Right, it was like a different sport. 
right? It's a completely different game, which is the crazy part about how sports radio and sports talk work, right? You go back after game one, and Anthony Davis is the most dominant player on the face of the earth. And boy, do the I don't I don't know what you do and how you stop Anthony Davis. And and look, they they did take the obvious advice and they started Draymond at the five. I don't know how sick Looney was, um, but by going small and then changing your rotation, like that was incredible. The Lakers also it did feel like they tried some stuff, right? They used the triangle in two more. They tried some different lineups. They tried some different things. It felt like kind of a feeling out for different parts of the series. But, but I will tell you that my thought in watching, if you go back to the 73-win Golden State Warriors season, this will take a second, okay? This is a real thing. When the Warriors won 73 games, the difference in that year and the previous year when they won the championship, if you remember, was how many fourth quarters Steph Curry played in as opposed to the previous year, they would rest him. If they have a lead, they have the game in hand, they just sit him, they rest him, and they lost some of those games. There was a, a bunch of fourth quarters. He didn't actually even play because they were doing their own form of load management, get him ready for... for and, and even with that, when they got to the finals, let's be honest, they were very fortunate that a game one went overtime, Kyrie Irving hurt his knee and didn't play the rest of the series. This is what happened. The next year when they won 73 games... Um, they went for it. They went for all of those wins. They went for the record. And they didn't necessarily lose to the Cavs in Game 7 solely because Steph was out of gas. Okay. They also remember, in addition to Draymond getting suspended, Andrew Bogut got hurt in Game 5, I believe. Didn't play in 6 and 7. Like, they were a different team. But the fact is that in the playoffs especially in the finals, it looked like Steph was a little bit more worn down. They go out and get Kevin Durant. Steph's able to be fresher, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All right, you use that as a snapshot. The Lakers, and they had to, they went for it in game one. Right? They played LeBron a ton. They played AD a ton. And Anthony Davis looked absolutely gassed last night. And LeBron shot the eyes out of the basketball, especially in the first half, but he ain't moving defensively. Like, not at all. And my my question is, like, can you can you get it back? Like, there's a video after game one of Darvin Ham commending the team and talking about, hey, recovery starts right now. And if you look, LeBron James, and I've been told by everybody in the Lakers organization, LeBron James, incredibly coachable, great with eye contact, great in the locker room. You look at him, he looks exhausted. Now, the layman who doesn't know anything about anything goes, oh, you're just making excuses because they got their asses beat by the Warriors. Like, okay, these are explanations. And the question becomes, you know, can you get it back? Like, LeBron only played 28 minutes. Like, once it got to be 30, like, that's a wrap. Get off the court. Get off the bench. Go get in the... Even then, but even then, like, you fly home today. You flew home last night. Today's day rehab. And you're back at it tomorrow against a team that they're... We're going. We're moving. It, it just would be interesting. And I understand that Darvin Ham's going to make adjustments. They're going to make lineup adjustments. And the Warriors are going to have to, you know, Jamichael Green 
Are you kidding? Jermichael Green hits three gigantic threes. Right? Uh, Dante DiVincenzo hit a couple threes. Moses Moody hits a couple threes. More than anything, though, they, they, they not only put Steph on the ball, but they also put Clay on the ball because of how the Lakers were either in triangle two or they drop coverage. They come off looking to fire, and then they hit the roller, and then there's it's three-on-one, three-on-two, two-on-one, whatever, and they're getting layups and open shots. And, I mean, like, Draymond's not even a good finisher, and uh, they still kind of dominated in that. But my big question is, does game the win in game one beat the Lakers in this series? Because they got nothing to take. And, like, maybe your point would be, and it would be like, it doesn't really matter. He was going to run out. Of, they were going to run out of gas anyway. But I, that's, that was my thought watching game one. It was affirmed in game two. I'm not freaking out about a 27-point blowout debacle. The game was over at the end of the third quarter. Like, not, not at all. What I would freak out about was the Lakers looked exhausted. Exhausted. And when you're 38 years old, even when you're the be- you're in the greatest shape of any 38-year-old in the history of Earth, and that's LeBron James, you don't just recover. You don't just have a day off, and then you're you you have a day off, and you're back, and they're still playing at the same pace. Uh, yes, uh, John Ramos. Well, so that was the question I had: is this, is uh, is it a, so? It's a young man's game then. Basketball is that what it is like? No, I, I mean, I, again, th- th- this. Is, I mean, isn't that what these guys train for to to be? Yes, but uh, look, there's again, these aren't. You could take it as excuse and explanation. LeBron James is in the best shape of anybody at 38 years old, and he played. Did he play 44 minutes the other night or 40 40 minutes the other night, right? Um, and and. You know, how they played against, I know that it was a blowout against the Grizzlies, but the Grizzlies kind of like poking the bear and triggering him. Like he played harder than he had been playing in many parts of the, of the regular season. But I think part of it is the NBA has changed in terms of pace, volume of possessions, but also how the ball moves. It moves a whole lot more than it used to be. You know, even you go back when LeBron won a championship with the Lakers, you could play a lot more iso ball, back guys down, play at your own pace. They You struggle to control the pace of the Warriors because they're out there moving it and spreading it and shooting, and they don't care. That's how they play every day. Also, the breakdown of this series where you only have one day off in between. So they just, they just keep coming at you like an avalanche. You think them having a really horrible road record plays into the next two games in Los Angeles? Uh, yes and no. Yes and no. Again, all I can tell you is nothing that has happened in the regular season is a parallel than what's happened in the postseason. And so it's pretty hard for me. Like the Warriors are the worst road team in the playoffs, right? One of the worst road teams in the NBA. And yet in one of the most difficult environments in the NBA, they just won two road games, game five and game seven. Nothing in the regular season is a parallel to the postseason. Got it. So I can't, I can't take, do I think they're a bad road team? Like, yeah, but do I think that means they're going to lose both games in LA? No, I think they're going to win one of them. They may win both of them. If they win three, they're going to win four. Like, I don't know how, I I don't, the energy that LeBron is going to have to ex- expend in order for them to win one of these next two games. I, again, I don't know how easy it's going to be to recover from that. 
Uh, we'll play some of the sound um, uh, after after game two. But I just advise you not to freak out. I'm not freaking out about how bad of a mismatch it was because the the Lakers are going to change up some of the matchups, some of the rotations, and they'll fix some of these things. My fear, though, is when your two best players, one who's traditionally not great in conditioning in Anthony Davis, and two, the other dude is 38 years old. He's six foot eight, 260 pounds, and it's just hard. I fear that conditioning becomes the ultimate factor in this. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Mark Dominic in five minutes. I do think that because the voice has recovered, I got enough juice to sing. I don't know about you guys. Let's get to the gambler. The gambler, we do every Friday on the Doug Gottlieb Show. John Ramos, Dan Beyer, Jason Stewart, who's got the J. Stu team parlay. It's basically, if you are going to bet on one thing, it's as sure a bet, it's almost as sure as if the Alabama former, ba- former Alabama baseball coach told you it was going to happen, it'll happen without the inside information or the potential for being arrested. I just want to get in that Alabama stuff. That story is crazy. <laughs> crazy. Right. Uh, let's start with the Jay Stu team parlay. What's your pick of the weekend? J. Stu Team Parlay is my Saturday special. I see that uh, alliteration there. Saturday special. Saturday special. Um, tomorrow, the uh, you need two teams for a J. Stu Team Parlay. I need you to pair the uh, Warriors. They're actually getting points tomorrow. The Warriors are plus three and a half or three. Yeah, take that and then pair them um, with the Knicks. They're getting money or they're getting points too at Miami. They're getting three and a half. So it's a Warriors at the Knicks, two underdogs parlay for a Jays two team parlay. And message for Heat fans: uh, Billy Thompson is not walking through that door. Billy Thompson. Yeah, Billy he, Owens. He was our, our second expansion pick in 1988. <laughs> Billy Thompson. Oh, Billy Thompson. Yeah, for, former Laker. He won a ring with okay. the Lakers. I thought you meant Billy Owens, who he was drafted out of Syracuse, who also <laughs> didn't live up to the Billy. All right, what about you there, John Ramos? Well, I'm just looking at this game three tonight, and the 76ers, yes, they got manhandled in Boston in their last game. Joel Embiid, not quite up to par coming back from his injury. But you know what? They're at home tonight. They're plus 210. I like that. I think Embiid sets the tone tonight. He says, you know what? I was the MVP, and I'm going to show you tonight at home. I'll take the 76ers tonight. Take that plus 210 for a 76ers win at home versus the Celtics. Dan Byer? Doug, if you can go back in the uh, old memory bank and think yeah. back to a beautiful Friday afternoon at Keeneland at the Breeders' Cup. Yeah. And just as we had wrapped up our broadcast, uh, a couple of juveniles taking the uh, track – and I cashed in on Forte. Remember that? A I winner? do. Yes, I remember. there when I placed the bet. Yep. And uh, I'll tell you what. Twice is just as nice as the Kentucky Derby favorites will grab the Roses 3-1 to one, Forte from the 15 post to win the Kentucky Derby. Uh, 15 post is right in the middle of a gigantic horse field. But you won on Forte. Maybe betting on horses is your... Forte, uh, I'm with, I'm with, uh, with uh, John Ramos on this one. Like the Sixers in the money line, Joel Embiid gets recognized with his first MVP award. I thought Game Two was a warm up game for them. I think Doc Rivers will make some adjustments. 
Uh, I think James Harden will make some adjustments. I think the Sixers win straight up as dogs. Those are the picks. Let's sing. When to hold them. No when to walk away. No when to run. You never count your money. When you're sitting at the table. Time enough for counting. When the deal is done. Uh, Mark Dominic joins us, spent uh, 20 years in NFL front offices and scouting, former general manager of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mark, I, I want to start with the number one overall pick was Bryce Young. He went to the Carolina Panthers. Here's Scott Fitter, man who drafted him, said this about Bryce Young this season. I think it's something I've learned from John Schneider in Seattle. You know, what are the compensating factors? And John went through that when, you know, he was looking at Russell. You know, the one thing he said, how's this height going to affect him? Everyone's talking about he's 5'10". Okay, what are the limitations here? And usually on a shorter quarterback, that's being able to throw over the middle of the field for the first eight to ten yards. And one thing about Bryce is he can see over the middle of the field. We did a heat map with him where a lot of his completions were right over the middle of the field. And guys that are 6'3", 6'4", getting balls batted down, throwing over the middle, a lower completion rate. And the one thing about Bryce, he had, he had a really high completion rate. He only had two batted balls. You're like, okay, this guy understands how to slide in pocket, how to find the windows and the throwing lanes. You know, there's a real art to that. Well, uh, what do you think of the breakdown? Well, it's hard, a little bit hard to understand, but I would sit there and say, when I think of Bryce Young, you know, I, I believe in what he can do in terms of the ball at all three levels of field. I am confident that he can deliver. I'm confident he will be able to move around when he needs to be able to see and find the open throwing lanes and deliver the football. And he's also very good in terms of his uh, arm uh, uh, trajectory, in terms of having to you know relocate or reset his arm to get the ball out of his pocket. Uh, kind of like what you saw with Patrick Mahomes, where he can be that kind of guy. But I think the main thing on, on him just in general is the fact that I think he's a guy that obviously can – uh, make plays and can see the field and, and be able to read progressions, and that I would have taken him number one as well. Um, what what team jumped out at you as to I don't get it? I just I don't get it. Well, I think uh, I didn't love. I mean, I like what Kansas City did. I just don't think they could have. For all the amount of talk about trading back in the first round, I felt like Kansas City could have moved back. There was all those clubs looking to move up. I think you're going to move the guy back, got Felix, uh, the defensive end from Kansas State, uh, you know, about 10 picks lawyer, and you could have really kind of set yourself up for like what Arizona did. You know, they finish up with, you know, the draft with not only a boatload of their players that they wanted, but then two ones, a two and three threes going into the 2024 draft. That's incredible if you're trying to reset a team. It also gives them all the ammunition in the world to kind of do whatever they feel like they need to. Uh, next year, so I mean, I think the Kansas City. I didn't dislike their draft. You know, I know they went to SMU for their receiver. I just think there's better options on the board for Kansas City than what they did. All right, who's the team who you're like? I love it. I love it. Well, I mean, I don't know how you don't go as much. I was Seattle pre the rest of the draft. I was Philly. They finished it off with a flurry. I mean, not only did they do well in the draft, Doug, I, I, the, the undrafted free agency is a big part of what we're trying to do when we're trying to put up, uh, you know, the team that we want. Philly has a great example of this. Last year down the stretch, they got some injuries to their safeties, and an undrafted free agent named Reed Blankenship shows up on the field and starts playing great through the, you know, through the end of the season when they needed him and just stepped in and looks like a guy that could be a starter this year. So, that's important. So I bring that up is that Philly, I think, had a good draft all the way through and then got a guy like an Eli Ricks who 
there's a lot of debate on, you know, what he can be in terms of off the field, which is why he dropped um, in terms of being focused. But, you know, in terms of an undrafted free agent, this guy has second, third-round talent. And so I think that they've hit even in those spots. So I love Philly. Um, Mark Dominic joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. I, the contract, I don't believe, has gone through yet, but a lot of the structure of the contract has been released. What do you think of of the Lamar Jackson deal now that the ink is dry? Well, I think I think the Baltimore Ravens do what the Baltimore Ravens do, right? Number one, they are a team that's consistently going to push pause until they get to a point where they have to make a decision on the quarterback. They did that, Doug, as you remember, with Joe Flacco, right? They would not give him the deal, would not give him the deal. And then suddenly Joe wins the Super Bowl, like, here's $20 million a year, Joe. Congratulations. And Joe, you know, has up and downs but never played to that same level. But the Ravens said, prove it. With Lamar Jackson, they're like, give me some more details. Let's get to the fifth year. And they're, they're showing this is how we're going to run this organization. And it's, you know, obviously through Ozzie Newsom, Eric DeCosta was there with Ozzie Newsom all those years. So he saw it and said, hey, look, this is a good plan. Heck, I stole that from Ozzie Newsom when I, you know, I had the young player named Josh Freeman, and his agents were begging for a new contract extension. I'm like, no, I mean, prove it again and prove it again. I, I just, it's too important of a position. So I think also Lamar Jackson understood when the Jalen Hurts contract came through that this fully guaranteed thing was done. And so let's go and see if you can get what you can get in terms of the most guarantee. And he did a good job. And so I think it's a good contract for Lamar. He had to prove himself. He showed up on the football field, never said, I'm going to sit out and take my ball and go home until you pay me. So I kind of think it's a win-win more for Lamar. But I think it's a win-win for everybody. The Ravens got five years to kind of really take a peek at him. And Lamar got, you know, a great contract bet betting on himself. The only downside I can see to Lamar is had it been done the previous offseason, that money wouldn't have been as much but would have already been working for him. And uh, he would have been further along in regards to – probably further along in regards to – uh, the, the the team build is that is that fair right like you want to get that money early obviously he gets all this money up front and early but had it been a year ago would that been a bit more beneficial yeah I, I agree you know he might have gotten you know 45 million a year instead of the 52 or whatever it's going to end up being but to your point you've got one more year under your belt and now you're suddenly one more year deeper I mean I think every player thinks that way uh, you know it's the same reason why some of these kids come out of college where you're like you know Lucas Van Ness, right? He comes out early to Iowa, hadn't been really the starter there, played a ton, but he's like, let's get this clock moving and because it's a sooner way to get the free agency or a sooner way to get paid. So it's time value of money, right? And so you've got to make the decision of when do you, you pull the trigger. He decided to wait. He got great money. I mean, he's going to be fine. But the reality at that position, though, um, if you can play, you get to play for a decade at least. And so now as Lamar got this contract, he's got another one he can look at. Um, let's talk Houston. Okay, they slide up. They get C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson. Is that a smart plan? I don't love it. Uh, I, look, I like the players. I don't love the the, the, the amount of uh, capital you had to give up for a team that has so many holes. And I know you've got to get some holes filled. And what better way than the you know the quarterback and the guy that you know attacks the quarterback? And they have the two booking tackles. I thought Houston did an okay in the draft. I just think when you give up a one and a three the following year that is a lot so to give up to trade for a defensive end who today looks great right and and today looks like a winner but we do you know when i go on the radio right now we're breaking down the draft in 2019 and how guys got paid there's a lot of teams that got a's in the draft that after it's all said and done got d's or e's or c's or 
you know, B minuses or whatever it is because the player didn't play through. So when you're giving up a one, you're obviously their first round pick and a one and a three, you can get just about any player in the national football league for a one, one, three. And I just think it's too heavy as much as I like, will, I just think it's too heavy for that, that, that move. Uh, the the Eagles appear to try and be surrounding a guy like Jalen Carter with these these old heads on the defensive line that he's going to have to kind of get in line and figure it out as a guy who's incredibly talented. But obviously there's something off the field which led to him uh, being a guy a little bit in flux on draft night. Do you like that Eagles plan? I do like it. Again, Fletcher Cox, Brandy Graham, they're not going to sit there and say, hey, come take my snaps, come take my job, young man. But they also know that Father Time's ticking on those guys and how great they've played for how long they've played. Here's the thing. I will give as much as, you know, Drew Rosenhaus once again found a way to find the camera when he walked Jalen Carter down the, down the red carpet. Um, I will say that uh, so far, Jalen Car- Carter, as we might have talked to last week even, he jumped in the mosh pit with the Philadelphia fans and celebrated with them. He's got his contract done. I mean, he's doing everything you can from a PR standpoint that's the right thing. And I do agree that those two veteran players will at least show how to get it done. Whether Jalen decides to listen and watch and learn, or if he doesn't, we'll tell you the difference on Jalen Carter. But I think the risk versus reward is definitely worth it. And if I were the Philadelphia Eagles, picking at nine, giving up a fourth next year, I'd feel very happy about getting that guy on my team. What was your reaction to Will Levis sitting, waiting, being taken the second round by the Titans? Yeah, I, uh, you know, it's... It's a tough analogy, but I feel like I was watching draft day a little bit. You know, a guy that was, you know, trying to pretend like it's not a big deal, the Bo Callahan of the world, where you wonder, uh, as, as much as, you know, Indy came out and said we would have considered him at five, if Anthony Richards wasn't there, the Titans said if it wasn't for Peter Skronsky, we would have taken Will. I just don't believe the building was on board. I don't think the whole building was on board taking Will Levis. I think that uh, the grade was there. I think that they made the pick. They, they made the trade to go up and give them, giving up that third round next year to Arizona uh, as well as their pick. And um, we'll, we'll see. I, I think Will's got a lot to prove. Uh, he's with a great guy in Ryan Tannehill. Uh, hopefully that rubs off on him. But I still think there's something that, that club saw in Will Levis that made them pause in terms of leadership and owning the locker room. I don't know if it's there or not with Will. Will. Um, commanders with an interesting plan, right? Looks like they're going forward with Sam Howell. And then they, they didn't pick up the fifth year on Chase Young. Obviously, Chase Young hasn't been the same since the knee injury. Uh, but, like, we, we got, I know we got new ownership on the way. But Riverboat Run, what do you think of their plan, considering Cowboys should be better, right? Giants were playoff teams should be better, and Eagles still look like a dominant team. Where, where are we with the Commanders? Yeah, I, I don't agree with their decision. As much as I understand from a logical, hey, look, availability is important. You know, Chase Young, now they have access to the medical that you and I don't have, Doug, and that's the big part that we don't know. But based off of if Chase Young can play a season or, you know, three-quarters of the season uh, and you can keep him on that football team, he still has every trait. If you watch the tape, he has every trait to be a double-digit sack guy easily. And so if he could put it together, this is going to cost Washington a lot more money than just that fifth-year option. I would have risked it. I would have doubled down, even though uh, I may not have been there who picked him and everything like that. I would have risked the chance on Chase Young. And if I'm wrong, then I'm going to eat you know, $18 million, 19, whatever the number was off the top of my head. I would have taken that chance, and I would have been happy to take that chance because I would have been betting that I'm going to bet on players that can get it done because he has the physical attributes 
And so we'll see what happens. You know, here's the chance now, to your point, you know, the, the, the Washington football team certainly uh, is going through a growing pain. I, I don't disagree. Uh, there's been a lot of reports that they had a third-round grade on Sam Howell, Sam Howell coming out. And just because they took him in the fifth doesn't mean he shouldn't have a chance to start. I think he's obviously impressed that coaching staff a lot. But I think when you when you have a chance to hold on to a pass rusher for one more year and he's got to prove it because you're going to have to do it two years before you pay him anyway based off his injury history, I would have taken that shot and bet on bet on Chase Young to say I think he'll stay healthy and make it done. I mean, it's stunning, right? From being, I mean, he had a good rookie year, at least on paper, right, with seven and a half sacks yeah. and 32 solo tackles. Hurts the knee in the second year. Wasn't having a great second year. Hurts the knee in the second year. And, like, I mean, boy, just they – they they appear to be out. I mean, obviously he's got to prove it, but it's a it's a crazy scenario. All right, what about the Packers and what they chose to do? You got a quarterback who has only you know only got real one game recently under his belt. They instead of picking up the fifth year, they extend him, and it averages out to about eighty years. So it's like more money. He's he's basically. Uh, betting on the 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 downside of his career. Worst case scenario, he makes about eighty year the next two years. Do you like what they're doing in Green Bay? Well, you know, I, I understand where they were sitting. Right? Do we exercise the fifth year option? Do we try to use the leverage to kind of negotiate a better deal? You got to give Jordan Love and his agents credit. You know, he's going to earn by this year, next year, he'll earn thirty million dollars and basically never played. Uh, you know, obviously by next year he'll play, but the fact that he's got a chance to, you know, have $30 million in his pocket is pretty incredible when you're at the end of the first round. And so, uh, you know, I think if I was the Packers, I would have probably just played out the fifth-year option, put the fifth-year option out there, go ahead and guarantee it. I did, but I think that what they did was they, they lowered the price for them organizationally because they know they're giving them two years. You can't go through this all and just not. I think the scary thing for me with the Packers, and I like their draft, like, again, you know, you look at night one, and we talked about Lucas Van Ness, and you're like, well, they need to get help, and everybody was panicking. And then they turn around and take two tight ends and two wide receivers in the draft, two of the tight ends early and a receiver early. And now you talk, pair that with the other two wide receivers, you're like, wow, there's a lot of young talent. The problem is they're all young talent, right? And so you've got a veteran offensive line for the most part, but you've got all young skill guys, and that's a hard thing. You saw Aaron Rodgers last year kind of rip on the young guys like they're not in the right place. He didn't want to call them out by name, but you could tell he was frustrated. And Christian Watson kind of came around and got in the right place and started doing things. You could see that chemistry was building. But now you've got Jordan Love, who does not have the same moxie in the locker room, who's going to have to sit there and say, tight end's got to be in the right spot. These these three receivers, four receivers, all within year, either year one or year two. That's a lot to ask out of a young offense and inexperienced. And, and, and uh, at the skill position spots, uh, that is going to be interesting to watch. But I do agree. If they're going to be all in on Jordan Love, then I'm glad they got him locked up for two years. Mark, awesome stuff. Really appreciate you joining us. Look forward to talking with you next week. Enjoy your weekend. You too, Doug. Thanks for having me on, man. Mark Dominic, of course, 20 years in the NFL front offices, former general manager of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, every week here on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. 
and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What up with you, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. We're broadcasting live from the Tyrac.com studios. Tyrac.com will help you get there. Unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, over 10,000 recommended installers. Tyrac.com, the way tire buying should be. Um, I want to preface this rant by saying that uh, to this day, uh, I have li- I listened to Howard Stern and like Howard Stern's, um, especially his interviews. Right, my I have an all ball podcast. We do long form interviews, usually around basketball. It was basketball. the The idea from it came from listening to Stern, 
Late one night, I was driving in a rainstorm between Murfreesboro, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and Bowling Green, Kentucky. And I was listening to uh, a long-form interview he did with, uh, uh, what's the, who's the singer? Gosh, she sings, uh, uh, it's all about that bass, about that bass, no treble. Uh, you know, she's, uh, she also does, I'm going to. Megan Trainer. Like, Megan yeah. Trainer. Sorry. About Megan Trainer's life. I listen to it. Anyway, that's, that's where I got the idea. I was like, man, I should do podcasts like this. This is awesome. Anyway, did you guys see what, what he's complaining about? What he complained about his radio show? Jay Stu, I know you saw this, right? Where Howard Stern was complaining. We have that, the sound. Oh, oh, you got sound. Here's Howard Stern on his own show complaining about going to a Knicks game and not being recognized. I've always sat, I, some, you know, the Knicks have been very kind to me. They put me right in the front row. That's when I knew I was famous. When I, you know, I have courtside. They put me courtside. And the black players won't come over and say hello to me. But they go over to Spike Lee or they go. They don't like, acknowledge I'll be sitting, you at all? No, I'll, like I'll be sitting next to um, Tracy Morgan uh-huh. or Chris Rock. You know, they, they they seat you where they seat you. And a lot of times when I'm there, I'm next to Tracy Morgan, who is, you know, so funny. And he's sitting there and like a couple of the players will come over. They like give him that bro shake and, and stuff. And I'm like, hmm, these guys should hug me too. I mean, what am I? I mean, I'm... <laughs> I grew up in a black neighborhood. You know what I mean? I mean, uh, they should know that. <laughs> but I- Is he serious? Jay Stu, do you think he's serious? Not one bit. Yeah. Do you think they actually recognize him, though? Sure. Yeah. I don't, I don't think so. I, I, I honestly don't. Did, did you see that where... Uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers was with took Sauce Gardner to the game, and he didn't know who Jessica Alba was. I, you know, I, like, yeah. how, how do you not know? But like Sauce Gardner is like twenty two, Jessica Alba's forty two, and yes, yeah, she's married to Cash Warren. But I mean, still, um, he had no, he literally had no idea who that was. Zero. I actually think this is a real thing. I think nobody recognizes him. I don't think anybody knows who he is. Right? It's been probably what five years since he was on America's Got Talent. And if you're a Howard fan, you're a Howard fan. You've been a Howard fan forever. But like, I I just, do you think any of the guys, first of all, no one who lives in New York, who's an NBA player, I, I would guess they don't have satellite radio. They just don't. They don't listen to the fan, let alone listen to Howard Stern. I just think times have changed. I think they watch, I think most of those guys watch sports yackers on TV in the morning. I don't think they know who he is. I thought when you asked me if he's joking, I thought you were talking about how all of the blogs have have purposed this. They 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 are they've put it out there as if Howard Stern is saying that they didn't approach him because he's white. And that's what he says later on in that bite. I thought that that whole thing was in jest. His 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 Tongue was in cheek as he was talking about complaining about, I'm famous, you should know who I am. But to your point, yeah, maybe the younger guys don't know who he is. I don't think they know who he is. I don't think the young, I, I really, really don't. I mean, I think like LeBron might, uh, but I don't. And it's crazy. It's like I, I told my son, we, we were listening to him one day and he's like, who is this? He's like, man, you know, some of that stuff is next level raunchy. And I go, 
he makes $50 million at least a year. He's like, really? He's like, yeah, he's been doing it a long, long time. The most uh, popular historic figure in the history of the medium. Not close. Not close. What are you going to say, Ramos? I was going to say, what do you think is a cutoff line for a lot of these the NBA players and stuff like that, or just players playing now of people that they would really know, like they would know? What do you think that, that cutoff line is? People like like DiCaprio, those guys, like they're on the edge, like Brad Pitt, or are they just so big no, it doesn't matter? No, you know who matter? Brad Pitt is. Yeah. You know who DiCaprio is. But he's, a, remember, Howard is. Well, I'm, I'm also talking about Jessica Alba, too, in that sense as well. Well, but but Jessica Alba, she's a, a mom. She's not as, like, when was the last movie or show she was in? She's not necessarily out and about all the time. Sure. Right? So, some guys haven't done anything forever, but they're still in the news to be in the news, and they make their way. They're on TMZ, they're in the blogosphere. And those guys are like, yeah, I pass these seat on TMZ and whatever. You know, it's like, uh, I know Alfonso Rivera a little bit. Right. Like the cost, like he's still like if he walks in like, oh, yeah, cut. even though because I would guess, you know, so many of us grew up watching Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I, lots of people did. Um, I, so I don't know if there's an age cutoff or a relevancy cutoff. It's just, you know, I could tell you that my life as a basketball player, there were lots of holes in what I knew. You know, I didn't like I didn't watch. And, and here's an honest one. The whole American Idol thing, I kind of missed it. I, I kind of missed it. Because when American Idol first took off, I was doing nighttime radio. So I'm just all, I'm like, when it's the nighttime, when it's 7 o'clock at night, I, I'm watching, I was either on the radio or watching sports or at a game. And I just, I never got into it. Ever. So I'd be like, that guy's on America's Got Talent or that guy's on uh, uh, American Idol. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, I didn't know Seacrest from that. I knew Seacrest from Kiss FM. And then he was on Regis and, not Regis and whatever, Ryan and Kelly. Um, it goes both ways though, right? I mean, there are, there, there are young artists right now that I have no idea that who, who they would be and they're sitting courtside and players will dap them up right like there's yeah. yeah yeah they just like he looks important or he's always there or they're just being nice or whatever right i do think the admittance that he doesn't pay for the tickets is interesting that's a good gig. <laughs> like i'll tell you this like the lake all those laker tickets those people pay for those through the nose like the next thing it's like ah we want the stars up front well you know just in the when we were talking just a little bit ago, when I told you that Jason Bateman and Will Arnett were in the group ahead of us, yeah. playing at the golf thing, and there were two other players with them that were TikTok celebrities, I guarantee that if you went and asked a 20, 21 year old, I mean Bateman's pretty, you know, Bateman hot, you know but, from um, yeah, what, what's the what's the show Ozark uh, Ozark yeah. yeah, and Bateman you know from so Ozark. much, yeah. but. Those those two other guys probably would have been known by no like there's YouTubers that you yeah. know like I'm my my sons have always been we've been a big Mr Beast I like Mr Beast and but when I first started watching Mr Beast I was like I, who is this he's like Dad you don't know who Mr Beast is like he gives away like a hundred million dollars he's like who have you ever heard of this guy like yeah dude Mr Beast is awesome and I start watching it so there's like YouTubers that I'm just not my gen I don't know 
We went to Olive Garden about two, three years ago, and Sarah was like, Dad, look who's behind you. So I turned around, and I saw a girl. looked like she was 15 years old, and I said, uh-huh. She goes, that's blah, blah, blah from YouTube. And I go, okay. I had no idea. But you're right. Like your son, these people are immensely popular in their world, and there's nothing wrong with that. I think it's wonderful. Uh, it's just like, they're out of our, our league as far as you kind of have to get into it, and I just don't have the time to watch um, lipstick put on someone's face, yeah. which is what um, she did. Wait, uh, what's her name? Z- uh, Z- Zendaya? 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 Yeah. yeah. Zendaya. Zendaya was there last night. Beautiful young woman, but she's real. Like I feel like the oldest human being on earth. (laughs) (laughs) The youngest, but oldest. Eighteen or nineteen? She's. (laughs) No, I'm serious. How old is she? I have no idea. I think she's in her mid twenties. I would say. I mean, she looks so young, like so young. And you're like, wow, that I feel super creepy. Even them showing the camera, it's like a child actor. Like, no. I just learned Discover Credit Cards does something pretty awesome. At the end of your first year, they automatically double all the cash back you've earned. That's right. Everything you've earned doubled. The cash back from trips, restaurants, all doubled seriously. Those see terms. Check it out for yourself at discover.com slash match. I I have a question maybe for America, but especially for you guys. I have great sympathy towards Chris Paul. I understand that there have been times in which he could be, he can be, let's just say edgy. A lot of people don't like him. But are you kidding me with another injury is going to keep them out of another playoff series and probably end up leading to their demise? And I don't know if they would have won this series without him, but he pulls his groin like, are you are you kidding? Yes, it was completely predictable. He's a little bit older. He's smaller. He's generally like soft tissue injury prone. But like, so the question, Jay Stu, Ramos Bayer, do you are you sympathetic towards Chris Paul? I'm not. Yeah, because I know about a lot of that stuff behind the scenes. I know how he kind of treats people and stuff. Um, I'm not a Chris Paul fan, so I think a lot of the, a lot of this is karma. Wasn't he the guy, too, that got himself elected president of the Players Union and then got himself like a $40 million raise or something? Uh, yeah, but, I, you know, like, do you, do you think that was the energy behind why he got the new CBA done, which was universally agreed to by the players? Oh yeah, maybe. I'm just saying that. It, I, so you're he, not sympathetic at all. Okay. I'm just not a big fan. Okay. Well, uh, J- uh, Dan Byer. Sorry, Doug. Can you just? I just had to. Sorry. Yeah. Are you sympathetic at all towards Chris Paul, considering no. another NBA playoff series? No. And why? Um, because this always happens, and there's a reason that this always happens. Um, not that it's his fault, but um, yeah, just. Uh, it, it's one thing if every if it was like a one off, but I think that we all expected this at some point that his body would break down. It's too bad, but I don't feel sorry for him. Ramos, I actually said I was when you first said it. I did say I was a little sympathetic. I felt I felt bad, and I guess probably it doesn't sound right to feel bad for for high level. Uh, basketball players that are making millions of dollars, but I kind of separate that from just like the quest of all these players to be the best and to be NBA champions. And so in that sense, I do have a little sympathy for him. Yes. Here's why I would have sympathy for him guys. And I, I understand what Byer's saying is accurate. It does always happen. And you know, Jay Stu, I, I can't eliminate the negative feelings that you have about, about Chris Paul. 
if you've watched how he's evolved, it, it's even more so than LeBron, right? Like he's he's a all-time great point guard, a tremendous player. And yet at this stage in his career, he's taken on a completely different role for the betterment of the team. Like he doesn't dominate the ball. He lets everybody else handle it. He plays that. Occasionally he'll attack and he'll he'll do those things. You know, they'll he used to be a great defender, albeit undersized, but he would now they they kind of hide him. Like he did all the right things in terms of sacrificing for the betterment of the team for this one last kind of super team sort of run. And again, his body let him down. I just, I don't know. I, I, I hate the idea that you walk away going, yeah, but if he was, if, if so-and-so was healthy, like I just want the better team to win. So there is no doubt. I'm a, I'm a fairness guy. I know life in sports is not fair. I am sympathetic towards Chris Paul. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.